Okay, everybody say. This week's parsha is parsha's mishpatim. Um, for a lot of people, it seems like a pretty uh, dry parsha. When I was younger, I remember in yeshiva, I hated parsha's mishpatim. The reason why I hated it was because if you read parsha's mishpatim, it's a lot. Yeah, there's no story, and it's just a lot of laws and laws, a lot of mishpatim, a lot of laws. But uh, when you get older and you actually learn the Masechtas and all the Halakhas and Vals, then you read the same Pasuk and suddenly you see that every single Pasuk is like, is, like is like a gem and you see all the lights, all the Pshatim coming through as you're reading it. You don't even have to look at Rashi anymore. It's mamish like a, a rainbow, a prism. It's beautiful. Every single, it's mamish what we say in Reikhu, we say that if the Torah seems reik, if the Torah seems empty, mikem hu reik. It's only empty because we are empty of the knowledge of everything that's included in the Torah. But really, it's so rich, especially Parshas Mishpatim, it's, it's so full. Now, I want to, uh, you know, Parshas Mishpatim, Zichr, has something to do with the timing of the year. And that is, this week's Parsha is also Parshas Shkalim. This week is the fundraiser, Shabbos. We raise funds for the base of Migdash for the Karbanis that hopefully we'll have to bring in Nisan. So Mishpatim certainly has a lot to do with money and Shkalim. But do we have any connection between Parshas Mishpatim and Adar and Purim? So see if we can figure out anything that's connection. I'm going to read you a Medrash Tanchuma. The Medrash Tanchuma tells us to look at Parshas Mishpatim a little differently than you would have thought. Here we go. You had set up, you established what Yashus is. Mishpat utzedaka b'yakov ata azisa, and all mishpatim and righteousness, everything Hakadosh Baruch you set it up. Listen to this statement of the Medrash Tanchuma. Kol ha'oiz v'hashevach v'hagedula v'hagevura, all of the might and the praise and the greatness and the strength shall melech malchi amlochim Hakadosh Baruch all of that greatness is who mishpat ahev. The fact that he loves mishpat. He loves judgment. Fear judgment. You know, we're looking at this dry parsha, simple thing. I mean, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave Sheva Mitzvah One of the Mitzvah is mishpatim. They have to have dinim. They have to have courts of law and judgment. And here, the Medrash Tanakhuma says that the entire Oiz, Shevach, Gedula, and Gevura of the Melech is Mishpatim. What? Mishpatim seems like such a simple, dry, basic, something of social laws to keep the economy going, to make sure people live peacefully together. What is the big deal of Mishpatim? I'm taking a step further. Everybody heard of the Magid Meisharim? The Magid Meisharim was a Malach that would speak to the Beis Yosef. And he would tell him Musr, and he would tell him Chidushe Torah. And this Magid Meisharim, he told the Beis Yosef, Why aren't you writing my Torah? If you write what I tell you, I'll tell you even more. And so, the Beis Yosef wrote down his Torah. 
This is what he says on Parshas Mishpatim. These are his, his opening words. Listen to this. Parshasa Kadishta Da. This holy Parsha. And he goes into all Kabbalah stuff. He starts off by introducing what we would have thought is the most practical, simple, dry, down-to-earth money Parsha. And he introduces it by calling it, I would have said last week's Parsha, Parsha's Yisrael. That's Parsha, Kedosha, Da. No, this week's Parsha, which is all monetary laws, Parshasa Kadishta Da. There's a lot to talk about, and he goes into the whole Kabbalah stuff, what to talk about. There's a famous story where, uh, I think it was the Magin Mezrich, or maybe it was the Dumnagin, one of his Hasidim came and asked him, why is it that we find that the Zoyah, the Zoyah that speaks all about Gilgulim, is this week's Parsha. When the Parsha opens up, These are the laws that you should place before them. The Zoyah says, before who? Before the Neshamas. These are the laws that you should give to the Neshamas. To the Neshamas? This is all monetary halachas. Neshamas. What do the Neshamas have to know about monetary halachas? And all of the things about Gilgulim and reincarnations is all here in this week's Parsha. And the Chassid is the Rebbe. Why is it in this week's Parsha? Could be, I think I told this story maybe once by toast. The Rebbe said, go out to the forest, Matzah Shabbos, and stay there for Chatzos. Stay there from one hour, from one o'clock to two o'clock, and you'll get your answer. He goes to the forest, we'll try to make a long story short. He goes to the forest, he finds the clearing where the Rebbe told him to stay, and he sits and he waits, and he's hiding behind the trees. After waiting for a few minutes, comes along a carriage, comes along a carriage, a rich guy, comes, he stops the carriage by this pond, he goes down to the pond, he bathes, he washes up, ah, gishmak, he took off his clothing, he puts back on his clothing, he's go back, he goes back in the carriage and he disappears. Okay, the chas is not impressed, he doesn't see much. About five minutes later, another carriage pulls up, a very rickety old poor man's carriage, pulls up, and the same thing, this guy goes, ah, wow, some fresh water, he goes down to the water, and beside, he says, you know, let me lay down. He lays down, and as he lays down, he sees on the floor a wallet. It's a money bag. He looks around, anybody lost this, anybody lost this? He doesn't see anybody around. It's his lucky day, he's this poor guy. He found tons of money, he is so excited. He mama starts dancing with the money, and he goes back into his carriage, and he disappears. Okay, the chassid finds this starting to get interesting. Fine, he finds this guy's money. Doesn't end there. A few minutes later, another carriage pulls up. An average carriage pulls up, and another guy comes. And this guy comes and he says, ah, he's traveling so long. He folds up his coat. He lays, puts it down on the floor, and he uses it as a pillow, and he lays down and he goes to sleep. Okay? Another 10 minutes later, the first carriage comes back, the rich man's carriage. And the rich man comes, and he's looking around for his wallet. And he sees a guy sleeping right where he changed. He says, excuse me, uh, hello, uh, did you find my wallet? What, what wallet is that? The guy says, oh, I know you got it. Give me my wallet, don't deny it. I don't know what you're talking about, what wallet? And the rich guy starts kicking the guy and beating him. Give me my wallet. I know you have it. You're the only guy here. I just left it here 15 minutes ago. And he's beating him and beating him. And finally, the guy, what do you want? 
He checks through all his clothing. He goes to the guy's wagon. Nothing there. He says, you're not going to hear the end of this. I'm going to get you. I'm a powerful man. You're going to get it from me. And he drives off. This poor guy is beaten and bruised and <laughs> he can't sleep anymore. He gets in his carriage. He goes away. Chassid looks at his watch. It's one hour. End of the story. He comes back to the Rebbe. And he says, Rebbe, what on earth was all this about? So he says as follows. He says, in a past generation, there were two men who had a din Torah. There was a rich man and a poor man. And the rich man won the din Torah. But it was wrong. The poor man deserved to win. And because the rich man won the din Torah, dishonestly, he got money from the poor man that he wasn't supposed to deserve. They both came back here. And that was the first carriage, the rich man, he lost his wallet. And the second carriage was the poor man, he found the wallet. So the Chassidus, the Rebbe, what about the other guy who got all beaten up? He said he was the Dayan. Because up in Shemayim, when the rich man and the poor man realized they're going to have to come back down to earth, the rich man had a taina. If the Dayan would have been chayshed me, if he would have been more careful in his din, and he would have questioned me, and he would have you know, been more careful with my words, he would have seen through my lies. And because he was ignorant, and he thought I'm a rich guy, and he just trusted me, whatever it is, it's his fault, I have to come back to Eilam Azeh. He's going to come back to Eilam Azeh also and get punished as well. So the Rebbe told the Chassid, this is why Gilgulim are in this week's Pasha. Because almost all Gilgulim are over money. That's why the Zoya, when he speaks about Gilgulim, is here. And the question is, okay, nice story, very nice, but why? What is this big deal about money? <laughs> Why money? <laughs> Maybe Gilgulim should be. There are other Gilgulim as well. But he said, most Gilgulim come over money. What's the big taka? What's pshat? Money seems like a very simple, dry, down to earth type of thing. And that's what's getting involved in the Oilam Anishamis. The Oilam Anishpatim, as I should toss him off name before the Nishamis, that the Nishamis. So I'll tell you another Tanchum, what it says as follows. When it says that Hashem loves Mishpat Utztaka, the Tanchuma says a story. We'll give you a Maisa, a story. Two guys were enemies. Ruben and Shimon, they were enemies. They couldn't stand each other. And Ruben is walking down the road and suddenly he sees Shimon is going with his chamar, with his donkey, and the donkey is overloaded and the donkey is crushing under the weight of his load. And Ruben sees Shimon with his donkey. And Ruben says to himself, I hate the guy's guts. And he has rights to hate him. We know that the Chamor Seinacha is referring to a Seinah who you're allowed to hate. So he hates Shimon for a good reason. Why? Shimon did Averis and he's an Eidechon, or Shimon heard him, whatever. He has rights to hate Shimon. Albert says a Pasuk, You see the Chamor of your enemy on the road, help him out. So what can Ruvain do? He doesn't like the guy, but the Torah says to do it. I gotta do it. He goes, and he starts helping Shimon. Mitaych their asik of helping with the chamar. So it says that Ruvain tells Shimon, lift a little on that side, pull down a little on this side, push a little to the left, grab a little to the right. And it opens up some lines of communication. Comes along Shimon, and Shimon starts thinking, wow, you know, Ruvain doesn't hate me so much. Surprise, look, he's helping me out. Now the truth is, 
Moving still hates his guts. But shouldn't things look he helped me out? It must be he likes me. And they end up getting to some inn, they stop over, they eat a drink together, and they become friends. Nice little story. So Hashem gives these mitzvahs in the Torah, and it creates tzedakah, it creates a hava, it creates chaveirin, gewaldig. We see from here something a little deeper. And that is as follows. We all know that Adam l'chaveirin is very chamer. I always say over this part, which side of the luchas is heavier? No, no, no. Which side of the luchas was heavier? The side of the luchas, the, the second side of the luchas was much heavier. Why? Because it's made with less words. It's a bunch of two words. Right? Okay, five words. No, no big deal. And then you have that's it. Very short. The first luach, words and words and words and words and words. And the words were all engraved through and through the luchas. So when you engrave a lot from one side, it becomes light. And you don't engrave too much on the other side, it's still heavy. So I think it's a Me'iri, I tried finding it and I couldn't find it, but I believe it's a Me'iri that says, this was a simon that the lies of the second side, which are Benadam L'chaveiroiz, is more chamer, it's more heavy. So you have these people that they focus very much on Benadam L'chaveiroiz, and they don't focus so much on Benadam L'chaveiroiz. But in the introduction to this week's parasha, Rashi says, Ve'eile ha'mishpatim. What's the vav? Ve'eile ha'mishpatim. Ashatasim lefneim. Just a bunch of midrashim. Just like last week's parasha, the Aseris Adibras were given by Sinai. These mishpatim were also be given behar Sinai. That means that if a person approaches mishpatim as a nice set of moral laws, he's missing the boat. Not only is he missing the boat, it's going to fail. Vav Moisev Alimimisha means the Eile HaMashpatim has to work with the knowledge that this is coming from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, just like Shabbos, just like Anoichi Hashem Lekecha, just like Lohi Elecha, Hashem Lekecha just like all of those misses were God-given and they had to be God-given. All these Mishpatim that you think, oh, it's nice, it makes sense, it's sensible. Why not? If it, it must be mechuber to the inyirisha in ve'ela hamishpatim, and we have a drasha that the Sanhedrin had to be in the base of Midrash right next to the mizbeach. That's why the end of last week's parasha ends talking about the mizbeach to tell me that mishpatim, the Sanhedrin, had to be next to the mizbeach. Why does it have to be next to the mizbeach? So like everybody, this point, don't you ever think there's a separation between money? I should say church and state, but there's no separation. In the base of Mikdash, that's where you're going to have the, the Bate Dinim that are judging in Yonim of Mominus. You shouldn't think that it's just simple, basic human morals. It's God-given, no different than any other Mitzvah. This is similar to what Ramosha says, why Pirkei Ovis starts off. Pirkei I think I mentioned it on Friday night. Pirkei Ovis starts, Moshe Kivotar Mesinai. It's all from the Ramosha. Okay. I want to take this step further, I think it's very important. The Nagayan says you find some people that are very, very good in Menalam Chaveroi and they're horrible in Menalam Akin. Satavon the Satan, the Davka, the Davka comes to these people who don't keep the Torah well and gives them a very easy time in social skills. 
makes them very sugar sweet and polite and well mannered and good morning and everything. Give you know why? The Satan is trying to use these people as a magnet to attract people not to keep the Torah. Such a nice person, and you become friends with him, this and that. And the guy is lacking in his avodah He's lacking in his shabbos. He's lacking in kashrus. He's lacking in other lamakoyins. But he's attracting people because he's so friendly. So he's like the guy. He says you have to be very careful when you see somebody who's a little <laughs> too good to be true. You have to you have to make sure is, is he is he a good person to be friends with. So he's like the grah. So I'm going to share with you the Gemara Sanhedrin. Gemara Sanhedrin. Gemara Sanhedrin says. That there's a terrible pasuk referring to somebody who returns the Aveda of a guy. I mean, Hashavah's Aveda is such a basic human moral, right? The story of the guy who found the thousands of dollars in his desk, right? Hashavah's Aveda is a basic human decency, right? Zogdigemara, Laman Svoy Sarova Ezatzmeya, you're going to be adding this, this thirst to the thirst. Loyoiva Hashem and this guy won't get a kapara. Who's this talking about? Someone who returns an Aveda to a guy. What's he doing wrong? What's he doing wrong? Zok Rashi, listen to this. Mare be'atzmoi she'hashavas aveda e'no chashuv aloi mitzvahs boiroi. He's showing that hashavas aveda by him is not because of the mitzvah of his creator. Hashavas aveda is because it makes sense. Hashavas aveda is decency. And if you go and you do hashavas aveda out of decency because it makes sense, you're showing kivayochal like this. What do you mean? Huh? Why can't it be both? It seems from here, it seems from here, that it cannot be human decency without coming from Hashem. And that's what we say in Pirkeiavis, in Ein Derech Eretz, Ein Torah, Ein Torah, Ein Derech Eretz. There's no such thing as Derech Eretz that is not, that is not rooted in the Torah. If it's not in the Torah, man is like the Chazanish says, when a man in America goes and opens the door for a woman and says, ladies first, that's not manners, that's znus. So the Chazanish said. When we say that we're supposed to honor our wives even more than ourselves, it's a different type of honor. It's a different type of covet. When you start initiating a derech of human morals that's not enrooted, it's not totally, totally branched out from the Torah, it, it comes from kaiches that are not toiv. It's not from the right sources. So here's a Gemara, Mamish, that says straight out, Hashavah Zavedu, which is so basic, so basic, if you go and you do it to a guy, you, a guy I remember in ninth grade, uh, Rabbi Shane's class, somebody finds a dollar on the floor, a quarter on the floor, uh, anybody moves it, Rabbi Shane says, what are you doing? Says, somebody lost it. He says, there's no zimmin. Yeah, but, but, no buts. Do you believe in the Torah or not? And if you feel guilty keeping that after you learned Baba Metziah that says that something that doesn't have a sim in this yish and it's yours, and chulu, chulu, it says you're lacking a muna. There's no such thing as a moral that is not from the Torah. If we're going to create our own morals, it's dangerous. I'll show you another one with you. Rambam, Lucas Malavim, speaks about the Shevin Mrs. Neinoyach. Shevin Mrs. Neinoyach. Dealing, court systems. Zog the Rambam. Perikhas, halacha yud alef. Call on the Kabbal Shevim Mitzvahs, a guy that accepts to do the Shevim Mitzvahs, they know I have been Nizal Asoiz and he's careful to do them. A guy is also going to have a Ulam Abba. The who's up the Rambam, Sheyakabal Oisam, he accepts them. The Yase Oisam, the Pneshet Sivo Bohenako, there's Boruchu Batoira. 
He's doing it because Hashem commanded it in the Torah. And it also has to come with this fact, it was something that Hashem commanded in the Torah and that Moish Rabbeinu taught it us. And if he doesn't do it for that reason, if he does it because of his own logic, he doesn't have a din of a gertoyshav, he doesn't have a din of a person who's keeping shadow of Mr. Noyak, the ene, the chaside, umois, it doesn't count. He's a nice guy and everything, but it doesn't count. It doesn't count. What do you mean? These are morals. Shouldn't we be doing morals for the moral reason? Don't we all know that it says that the Ramah's famous Ramah in Adam Tishmoyne Prokim, that sensible mitzvahs are supposed to make sense to us. When it comes to trade, we're supposed to say, oh, I wish I could have it, but the British said, no, I'm not going to eat it. When it comes to Geneva, a person is supposed to detest Geneva. A person is supposed to detest murder. A person is supposed to detest all of these things that are mishpat. The answer is, the Shiva Zetzal used to say, the answer is yes, you're supposed to detest these things because the Rebunish Lim said so. On oh, tray for food. Hashem never said that it should be disgusting to you. Hashem said they're shikots, it's disgusting. But Starman Basavakalov, it's not disgusting, it's delicious. But Hashem said, don't eat it, don't eat it. But on these things, Amishpatim, Hashem wants it to be a mishpat, Hashem wants it to make sense to you. And it should add flavor to your mitzvah, it should add a little passion to the mitzvah. But the ikr and the root of it has to be that it's coming from the Rebbein Okay, so we see from here that there's no such thing as something without being rooted in the Torah. Uh, there's a famous story, I've said it before, we're a Talmud of the Ramban, went off the derech, and he told the Ramban, he became a general in the army, in Turkey, I guess, wherever the Ramban was living at the time, and he demanded the Ramban appear before him on Leil Yom Kippur to discuss a shayla with him. The Ramban comes, he realized it was Pikuach Nefesh, the guy would have like wiped out the Jewish community. The Ramban comes, and this guy is sitting there with a shtick chazer, boss of a cholov, everything, and he's sitting there eating it in front of his rabbi on Yom Kippur. And I wanted to discuss with my Rebbe, how many Yisurim am I being over? Because we have a problem of Enes and Chalalusar and And he gets all Yeshivas with the Ramban. And after back and forth, Ramban says, what is it that you want? So he said, I'll tell you what I want. I went off the derech, you know why? Because you're teaching Shekhar. You said that every single thing in history is hinted to in Parshas Hazinu. Are you kidding me? Parshas Hazinu is a tiny Parsha. And it's poetic. What are you telling me everything is hinted to in Parshas Hazinu? It's not true, it's fake, and everything you say is fake, and that's why I went off the back. Ramban said, I never said a lie. And what I say to you is, Emes, say Emes, what do you want from me? So he said, okay, I'll give you an opportunity, prove it. Find me in Parsha Sazim. And if not, you're gone, and so is the Jewish community. So Ramban goes to a corner, and he dives to Rebani Shalom. I still wrote down the Ben Yoyada, he had in mind certain kavanas, shamans, whatever. And it's Nizgalatim. He comes right back to this guy, to this Avner, and he says, sure, it's right there in Pasha Zazinu. Pasha says, Amarti, maybe she says, I've said, Afeim, Ashbis, Amarti, Afeim, Ashbis, Me'enosh, Zichram. The third letter of Afeim is Aleph. The third letter of, of Ashbisein is Nun. The third letter of Me'enosh is Sorry, Ashbisim is Beis, and Me'enosh is Nun, and Zichram, the third letter is Resh, Avner. And this guy suddenly chapped at Setter, he realized what the Pasuk is hinting to. Pasuk says, I'm going to rid their memory from humankind. Imach basically. He started trembling, he said to his rabbi, okay, Shkaya, goodbye. And the next morning, he asked one of his guys in the army to prepare for him a rowboat. 
she got in a rowboat alone, and he was never seen again. Everything's hinted to in the Torah. If it's not hinted to in the Torah, it won't exist. We'll see with you an unbelievable vote from Rabbi Aaron Kotler. Why isn't Eilam Habba written in the Torah? Say it, say if you do mitzvahs, you get to my ball. You do mitzvahs, you get to Ezra Mason. Say it straight out. So about God, look beautiful. Vibalt, the Torah is the blueprint of the entire world. Vibalt, anything that's not in the Torah is not here. And anything that's in the Torah is going to be here. It's the blueprint of the world. So about if the Torah would write about Olam Abba openly, it wouldn't be Olam Abba. It would be here. We would see it. We would touch it. It would be part of the physical world around us. The only way for Ilam Abba to be Haba, something that's in the afterlife, something that you don't see, feel, touch, etc., is only because Fakert, it's in the Ilam HaMachshava, but it's not written in the Torah. Because if it was openly written in the Torah, it'll be open in front of you. That's why it says, Vayeshev Yaakov. Yaakov was Bikesh Leishev B'Shalva. Yaakov understood that if he would be Yoshev B'Shalva, he would bring an Oilam Aboy into Oilam Azeh. And Abishu says, not Shaykh. Can't happen. You can't bring Oilam Azeh into Oilam Azeh. It's two different worlds. Oilam Azeh, Adulam Oyulad, Oilam Aboy is going to be the sky. So everything has to be enrooted in the Torah. It's the blueprint. I want to share with you an unbelievable Machshava. Very dry parasha, right? Baba Kama, Rabbi Isai, Shor, Bar, Mava, Heaven. Fractosis. let's see if anybody remembers. Arba, Avaz, Nazikin. Hain. Why doesn't it say Hain? Sometimes it says, says, sometimes it doesn't say Hain. Zakta Ramami Panu. One of the Gemaras has in the back, like this little Likud. Zakta Ramami Panu. So he was a Rishon, he was a grand Talmud of the Arizal. The Ramami Panu says as follows. If the Mishnah would say Hain, then it's giving Chiyos to these Nazikim. What? Again, if the Mishnah would say, there are four primary Mazikim in the world that would give presents to these Mazikim. And these Mazikim are big stuff. Shor Bar Maveheva is Shin Beis Memhei, which is a little city, Aver Aver. Liyarding, outside of Eretz Yisrael, which remained a city of the Canaan and a seat of Tumah, Keneged Yerushalayim, which was the seat of Kedusha. And the Rashi Tevis of Shin Ben is Manbei, is the Rashi Tevis of these big Kaychis, Eklipas of Tumah, Vakulu, Vakulu. And if the Mishnah would say, Arba Oves Nazikin Hain, there are four of Zizin, it would give strength to those Kaychis at Tumah, it would give presence to them, and it would give them power. So it like more like mentions it. The Arba of the Zikin ain't a diamond one to the other. We don't want to say they exist. You don't want to give them existence. Interesting the Pshat and the Malipano. Very similarly, the Megala Amukas says a very similar Pshat, a drop different. He says Sharbar Mava, instead of saying Hever, he says Aish. Hever is Aish. Sharbar Mava Aish. He says, Shalom Avayis, Imam says, along the same lines of Imam Kadal, Shalom these are the big mazik in the world. And he says, right. look at Bereshis, the first letter of the Torah is big. It's a base. Look at Shirashirim, the first letter of Shirashirim is big, it's a shin. Look at Mishlei, the first letter of Mishlei is a big man. And look at the first letter in Divri Ayom, which is an aleph, it's a big aleph. Shin, base, mem, aleph. These are the klipas, because whenever you have something that's a davar kadosh, the first thing that you encounter is the shell, the klipa, as we talk about klipas. Klipas are attracted to kedusha. Our biggest navi had like shvach assistance, right? 
Alicia had Gehazi, right? So there's this shell, any around Dover Kadesh, there's a shell of Tumah. So around the Torah, your first thing that you see by the Torah is a klipa, is a base, is a big base, it's referring to this Kayach Tumah. And the first thing that you see when you greet Mishle, which is all about Musr, the first thing you're going to see there is a klipa. And the first thing she or she, in which the Chazal says, Kedesh Kedoshin, you're going to see the Shin. And the first thing that you see in Devriyama, I don't understand why Devriyama, but in Devriyama is this Aleph. Shin Beis Mem Aleph. These are the Kedesh HaKlipas and the Tumah, this and that. We can't say Sharbor Mada Eila. Arbor is a Zikin Hain. Again, it would give them Kedesh. So here we have the Torah, if not for the Torah, is the blueprint of the world. Mishnayis, if a Beis Kedesh would write in Mishnayis, the word, hey, woo, we'll get down. Because Torah is the blueprint of the world. If you say a chiddush in Torah, you'll create a miracle. Because if you add something to a blueprint, it's going to add something to the world. So everything is rooted in the Torah, and if it's not in the Torah, it, it dissipates, it evaporates, it doesn't exist. It lacks existence. It's bottom. And Fakert, when you have something that's rooted in the Torah, it gives it Chiyas and Kiyam. So Mishpatim, which we think make a lot of sense, it's not that it makes a lot of sense. We have to look at it very differently. The word of Mishpatim is, Hashem decided to make certain mitzvahs. And He decided to call them Mishpatim. And He said, I'm going to make your brain think that it makes sense. Hashem could have taken Paraduma and programmed our brain in a way to make Paraduma make sense. He could have made Lacham Apanim, which was the one thing that Rizal said he didn't understand. Lechem upon him, Hashem could have made it make sense to us. He could have programmed that, but it makes sense. There's a reason why Geneva makes sense to us. Hashem programmed that, but it should make sense. But everything really deep down is a rot and Hashem. It's a chayt that we don't understand. Listen to this Bnei Yisachar. Bnei Yisachar says, Tiku b'chayt ha-shayfa b'kasa liyam chagenu ki chayt li-yisrael hu mishpale leke yakif. The Be'er Moshe, the Ozerava, brings this down in this week's parasha. He says as follows. When the Mekatrugim come before the Yibayin Shalaylam, and they say, Klai's soul doesn't deserve to be saved. They have a lot of Averis. Where's the mitzvah? The scale's tipping. It doesn't look good. Tiku b'chayt ha-shayfa b'chayt li-yisrael Mishpat Lelekeyakov. Listen to the Bnei Yisraschar. So the Bnei Yisraschar, when a Yid goes, and he does something that makes sense, but he does it also chayk, because the Rebbe Yisraelam says so. Like the Ramam says, Shaifer's got a little meaning to it. It's that alarm system to wake us up to do tshuva. But when you do when you take a mitzvah that has a meaning, but you still recognize I'm doing it because Hashem said so, then Hashem could say the same thing to the Mekatrigan. If they could take their own senses and be mevatel their das and say, I'm doing it because it's Ruat and Hashem as a chayk, then it's mishpat for Hashem. It's midah, can I get midah? It's mishpat. It makes sense for Hashem to do the same for us. So that even when the scales are tipping for the negative and it looks bad for the Jews, Hashem says, what do you mean, midah, can I get midah? Just like the Yidin mevatel all logic. They're mevatel, their senses, for the Ratzon Hashem as a chayk. I could be mevatel, the normal processes of mishpat, and I could say that Klai Yisrael should have a kapara. That's tiku b'chayi d'shayi v'bakeksa. Ki chayk l'Yisrael, Klai Yisrael take it as a chayk. Now the e'bishter, mida k'nagin mida, as a mishpat, to do the same thing for us. So Zakhar of Moshe, we're going to have to finish with this. Zakhar of Moshe Feinstein. How do we apply this practically? Zakhar of Moshe, we have to understand that when you have a mishpat in the Torah, so we all think, I don't have to think much about it because it already makes sense. When you come across something that you don't understand, 
you delve into it and you try to understand it and you approach it from every angle and you try to get to the core. But when you have something, don't steal. <laughs> don't steal. Makes sense. That's it. I'm done. A ganem should pay kevo. Yeah, give him a class. Makes sense. Down with the hair, right? I'm not understanding so much. <laughs> why, why, why four or five times? He shafted it. He sold it. But when you see a mishpat, our natural reaction is, okay, I got it. Let me go on further. Zokrev Moshe, mishpatim are really chukim as well. And what you have to do when you see a mishpat, when you see a mishpatim, don't steal, don't kill, don't commit adultery. All of the mitzvahs that seem to make perfect sense, and therefore you ignore it, and you think it's just a simple, basic mitzvah. Zokrev Moshe, whoa. Make believe you're in first grade again. Make believe you don't understand anything and try to see what the Rebbein Shalom is trying to tell you in this mitzvah. The Rebbein Shalom isn't just telling you, don't steal because it's his money, so why should you have it? There's an there's a underlying message there as well. Kevel, there's an underlying message there as well. Every single mishpat that's there in the Torah, there's a lot of underlying messages as well. Imreku, if you see something as being simple and rake and empty, so after Moshe, you have to take every mishpat and realize it's coming. Chukim, chukim. Tell the story with the the guy and he put out garlic Friday night for his talmidim, and one time he didn't want to eat it because there was a bacher. He says, "Why are you eating it?" He says, "What do you mean? It's only for married people." He says, are you crazy? You think when Ezra Sefer made a takana was for one reason? There's millions of reasons for everything that we do. So when it comes to a mitzvah that makes sense, there's automatically yitzhara. But my rabbi, you know, maybe it doesn't apply in this case. <laughs> maybe azai, maybe azai. Yeah. We start, because we see that it makes sense, so we think that it works with our guidelines. What's the, probably the most basic mitzvah that makes sense? Living. It's a mitzvah that arises. Pikuach nefesh, saving a life. Saving a life makes sense. Well, what happens when there's a DNR? Yossi Azran, that was his name, from the fire? Azran. Azran. He came to the mashkiach a week, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. It was the first time coming out of the hospital. He comes out of the hospital, he was going for a haircut. I mean, Zero, he brought him for a haircut. And he brought him, he met the mashkiach on the corner of East 7th and King's Highway. So he told the mashkiach, can I bring him in for some chizik? Mashkiach said, okay, I don't know what to tell him. He said, you can't imagine the tsar the human being is going through. He is traumatized constantly with the memory of running into the fire and throwing his kid out the window. I mean, like, he, he, he is a mess of a human being. He's a mess. He came to the mashkiach and he started crying. He said, I used to have a Shabbos table. I used to have a family. I don't have a table. I don't have a home. I don't have a wife. And I'm missing three kids. Where, where, where do I go with my life? So you think living makes sense? For this person, it doesn't make sense to live. Now, the Ebishter said to live. The Ebishter says, v'chai. The Ebishter says, push forward, move on. And we can't, we can't say, oh, quality of life. Yeah, don't, don't bother with it. DNRs. Every basic mitzvah, if we think it's immoral, it's going to be bottled. And the way we have to approach every mitzvah, even the ones that make sense, is that it's a chayt from the Ebishter. Baruch Hashem, I also have a shtikl time in it. Baruch Hashem, I also have a geshmak in it, because I have a little love on it. But everything it has to be from chayt. Really, that's what we can understand. It's also an introduction to Adam. Mevatel Ardas. <laughs> everything that looks so horrible, Bittel Ardas, the Ebishter runs the wealth. Good night.